Greg looks at me like, now top that, right? <laughs> I'm not even going to try. I'm really grateful for the way you have prepared and led us, and uh, wonderful, wonderful job. Way to go. Way to go. <laughs> hey, I'd like to just say to you, if you're uh, visiting, thanks for coming to uh, Crossroads Church. Um, Christmas Eve is a big deal to us. It's obviously a big deal to you, too, and um, I want you to know we love the Lord here, and we love the Word of God, and we love people, and we love Christmas, and so Merry Christmas. Way good. You know, the last crowd, I had to train them to say that's the answer. The answer to Merry Christmas, that's a question and a statement, and you have to answer it. Um, I, um, I got something on my heart that's not on our schedule, so I'm just going to deviate for a minute or two because I've, I've just learned over the years that, that this is a good thing to do. Um, Lisa and I developed a friendship with a very sweet little 85-year-old gal who lives in Seattle. Uh, you'll probably never meet her here because she's uh, just this faithful... Um, she she attends a, a, a little, little tiny Catholic parish of probably 35 or 40 people in, in central Seattle, and she's faithful, she's involved, and she's there every week and so forth. Um, but the Lord just has really put her on my heart. She's just a sweet gal, and she's had some real challenges, um, relational, not relational, um, within her family, heartbreaking things that have gone on. And uh, so I think I'm supposed to pray for her, but more than just me enlisting you to help me pray for my friend Carol. You know, this is somebody that Lisa and I see six or seven times a year. Um, I'll bet you if we just pause for a moment, the Lord will put somebody on your heart that we ought to include in prayer. So I don't mean to be mystical. I just say, hey, this is, this is the house of God, and, and it's our role to just petition the Lord. So if the Lord's putting anybody or any circumstance on your heart, just you hold that before the Lord. I'll do the praying. You just do the agreeing, and we'll just believe the Lord will do something, and then we'll get on with what we're doing. Okay? Fair enough? Fair enough? Okay, that's good. Thanks. All right. Lord, we love the fact that you love your kids. And it's with real reverence that we come to you, Lord, knowing that you think only good things about your children. Jeremiah tells us that you think about our future and our hope. So, Lord, we have in our heart and in our mind right now people who just need heaven's intervention. Would you go into those circumstances with miraculous healing, with miraculous hope, with the touch that only God can provide. Would you do that, Lord? Would you protect where protection is needed? Would you provide where provision is needed? Would you restore where our hearts are broken, where someone needs a healing? God, these circumstances, your children hold before you. With faith we come and say, God, would you move in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. Well, I have this habit anytime I'm going to open up the Word of God in a group like this. Um, I love the book of Proverbs, so I always pick one out. Today's the 24th, so I just picked a verse out of chapter 24. And so here's what you get. 24 verses 3 and 4. It takes wisdom to have a good family. It takes understanding to make it strong. And it takes knowledge to fill a home with rare and beautiful treasures. Wow. Um, you know, um, I think we had a lot of little kids. The little kids most of, mostly were in the last service, and they're scattered. We um, have a lot of people that are, like, all the way from Idaho. I mean, the people are off to see Grandma House. But I'll bet you there's somebody here who has a memory verse for me. Any of you kids got a memory verse for me? Come on, be brave. <laughs> Nobody's brave because it's Christmas Eve. Okay. Going once, going Okay, well then I'm just going to move on. But I want to say this to you kids. You children, little ones, listen, listen to me. There's a Bible verse that tells us 
that God knew you while you were still inside your mama's tummy. It says the Lord knew you even then. He knew what you would like and what you wouldn't like. He knew what you would be good at. He knew all of those things. And the Bible says that he thinks about you all the time. And I want you children to hear that, the little ones to know God's thinking good things about you all the time. In fact, so many times he thinks about you. The Bible says there are so many times he thinks good things about you, you can't count them. It's that many. And that never changes your whole life. Now I'm talking to big kids. I want you to know, too, the Bible says the Lord is thinking good things about you. And maybe you don't believe that. Maybe you don't believe that. I'm going to hope, hope that in the next few minutes that I'm going to do this little tiny bit to convince you, but that the Holy Spirit will do a whole lot more to convince you. And those truths are all for all of us. By the way, in church, um, this is a family here. And uh, although we have this routine we go through and we respect the Lord and we want to worship and so forth, I don't want it to be stuffy. And this is Christmas Eve, and so Christmas Eve should have cookies and candy canes. So we're going to have cookies and candy canes. So ushers, could you bring them right now? This might be a little different than you're used to in church, but okay, get used to it, all right? It's the house of God, and it's really okay with God. So here's the deal. Um, just We're going to pass these out. Take one. It's one for everybody. There's a little bag. There's a, there's a good cookie in there with M&Ms in it and uh, candy cane. Here's the only rule about the candy cane. Once you unwrap it, it can go in two places, your mouth or back in the bag. You do not stick it to the back of the head of the person in front of you, okay? All right? So be careful with your candy cane. And that's fair game. Don't, it's not for later, it's for now. So I think that you're capable of hearing this Christmas story and still having a cookie at the same time because I can see the talent in you. So go ahead and um, just enjoy a cookie and a candy cane. And I want to read the Christmas story to you. This is from the book of Luke. (laughs) You can take two, it's fine. Yeah. There were some shepherds in that part of the country who were spending the night in the fields taking care of their flocks. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone over them. They were terribly afraid, but the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I'm here with good news for you, which will bring great joy to all the people. This very day in David's town, your Savior was born. Wow. Christ the Lord. And this, this is what will prove it to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great army of heaven's angels appeared with the angels singing praises to God. Suddenly, there's this whole group of angels singing in heaven. Wow. Glory to God in the highest heavens and peace on earth to those with whom he is pleased. You might have expected me to say something. You might have expected me to say peace on earth, goodwill toward men, which is what Hallmark cards say. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's an acceptable translation of what the scripture says. But an accurate translation is peace on earth to those with whom he is pleased or peace on earth on those on whom his favor rests. An interesting distinction. You know, sometimes we hear some things that are pretty incredible. Incredible as in, wow, almost unbelievable. I mean, incredible. I, I, well, you see it in everyday life. Um, and there's lots of times and places you see it. And I mean, here's an example of one. If you've ever bought groceries before and you went through the checkout line, there are these racks with magazines and newspapers. And they're full of incredible statements. 
I mean, you've seen them. I laugh at them. You know, they say crazy things. It's almost like, it's almost like a little hobby to read the, you know, woman gives birth to her own grandmother. <laughs> you know, it's stuff like you want to do some math on that and figure out, okay, what, huh? What did that say? And it's tongue-in-cheek, I'm sure, but it's trying to sell something. People pick them up and buy them and believe in them. And if I've stepped on your toes, I'm sorry, but they're not true, okay? <laughs> but they're entertaining. They're incredible. <clears throat> and then... Other places that we uh, hear and see things that are incredible. I mean, you watch things now in the theaters. They can make you believe. You know, seeing is believing. They can make you see things that are completely impossible. Incredible things. Sometimes we hear things that are incredible and we chalk them up to, oh, well, that's incredible. I'm sure not going to believe it. And sometimes it's because of the source. These guys, they're out in the field doing their job, taking care of their sheep, and this angel shows up and there's this big... Cecil B. DeMille demonstration, a cast of thousands singing in the heavens. Incredible. How could you not believe that? But how do you deal with that? I mean, has anybody here had that happen before? I'd like to talk to you about it. I mean, incredible. We see things. And then we see things in the grocery store, and we think, okay, incredible too. The source, I'm not too sure about this. And we can start having problems trying to figure out what's believable out there and what isn't. And sometimes, you know, we human beings have a tendency to embellish things a little bit because we want to look good and it becomes a little incredible. Or sometimes we actually reinvent the truth so that we'll look good. Here's an example of that. It's a little bit incredible. Have you ever noticed Donald Trump's haircut? <laughs> okay. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not picking on him, but it's incredible, his hairdo. I don't know how that works. I'm sure it defies the laws of physics. Anyway, so much for... Donald Trump. It can get harder and harder and harder to be able to figure out what's real and authentic because there are so many sources trying to give us new truth. And in the middle of all of that, in the middle of all that static, let's call it truth static, in the middle of all of that, the Spirit of God is actually communicating and talking to you. Yeah, you, every one of you. You might say, hey, listen, when Jesus shows up on my hearth at home and has got a flaming sword in his hand, I'll know God's talking to me. Yeah, okay. That's, that's one possible example. Hasn't happened to me. I'm afraid what would happen. I don't know what I would do if that happened. I kind of like to try it. <laughs> that's easy to say right now because I'm not sitting at home alone standing in front of the hearth. I trust my Lord. If he was to show up like that, that there would be a reason he would want to make that kind of a demonstration of power. But, but I believe the Lord is talking to me and to you. The Word of God says that he is. It says that he's thinking about you continuously, good things. He's not thinking all of those things that the world is telling you he's thinking. And to be sure, there are times where the Lord is saying, hey, Terry, you know, you're heading for a drop-off and if you don't take care or change your direction, you're going to get hurt. That's true, too. There are times the Lord warns us about the path we're on. But there's a whole lot more in the Bible that tells us differently how he's thinking about us, differently how he's communicating us, to us. An example, here's a, I'll just give you a quick, couple of quick examples. Jeremiah 29, 11, which is a very familiar verse to regular churchgoers. God says this, For I know the plans I have for you. I'm not thinking about the things that have gone wrong. I'm paraphrasing now. I'm not thinking about all of this disaster. I'm thinking about your future and your hope. Very promising. And here's a New Testament example. Um, the Holy Spirit has gifts that he gives. The Word teaches that. 
teaches it specifically a couple of places. One of them is in 1 Corinthians, and it lists the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There are things that you probably have heard of, like the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, the gift of faith, of healing, of doing miracles, the gift of discerning of spirits, the gift of prophecy. There's a whole list of them. I've mentioned most of them. Here's something that's true about them. All of these different gifts have a purpose for the common good of people. There is no gift listed of judgment. Oh, I have, the, li- I have the, the, the gift of judging you and telling you what's wrong with you. No, there's no such gift. That one's not on the list. It's interesting that the Holy Spirit wants to communicate something of hope, pointing the way, something helpful. If you have people telling you and judging you, that's not God. He gets the credit for it. He ought not to. He doesn't want the credit for it, but somebody somewhere wants to give him the credit. It's not God. If you have felt ever judged and condemned, Scripture says that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. God never does that. So the Holy Spirit speaks to us, and I think more effort is put into the good things that he's thinking about us. And God had this incredible message this incredible thing he was trying to share with this incredible woman called Mary, and that's where we are in the Christmas season. And I look at that encounter, and we're just going to spend a couple minutes on this, then we're going to get to light candles and and, and get off to cookies in Grandma's house. But I think about that, that interchange between God through a messenger, through this angel, and Mary, an incredible woman. And I think, wow, the things that were going on, the amount of faith she stepped into, the kind of miraculous vessel she chose willingly to be, and um, the conversations, the ones that happened between her and an angel, and the ones that didn't happen but could have, and the things that maybe swirled in her soul. It's an amazing encounter. She had this visit from an unlikely source, an unexpected, unusual source, and some pretty amazing things happen. Now, we're going to read this story, but as we're talking about Mary and what her encounter was like, considering the fact that the Holy Spirit might be whispering some things to you too, how are you going to respond when you hear those whispers? Because I believe the Lord's whispering something to you. He was doing it last week. He's doing it today. He's going to do it again tomorrow. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. He is. Okay, so... Into the, into the Christmas story, Luke 1, starting in verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. <laughs> Says Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Wouldn't you be? Some guy shows up, seems supernatural, and he's come on with these wonderful compliments. Ladies, okay, some guy shows up to you, you're not too sure about the circumstances, and out comes these compliments. What are you thinking? I don't know, but you'd be afraid. There's something you're going like, okay, this sounds good, and you seem to have quite an entrance here, but what's going on? What are you talking about? This is kind of spooking me. That's got to have been circulating in her soul. Is there any possibility that the Spirit of God has been trying to say something to you and your filters are turned on and they're reflecting it 
or rejecting it. Possibility. It's worth considering. I've done it before. Okay, verse 30. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. The angel knew she was afraid. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus. God starts out, I noticed this, that he starts out by telling her what he's going to do in her. Before he starts telling her about what he's going to do around her, he starts out by telling her what he's going to do in her first. I think that's usually how he starts with us. He starts with us by saying, hey, Tara, um, there's some stuff in your heart there. I just kind of nudge some things. We're going to talk about some things because there's some growing up you need to do and there's some softening you need to do and there's some obedience stuff in there, Terry. And, and you don't need to hear my whole list, so I'm going to stop there. <laughs> you think I made that up for the sermon too, don't you? <clears throat> some of you know me well enough, you know, yeah, yeah, that's true. So he starts on that, starts saying what he's going to do in her. Then he starts telling her, some grand things that are going to happen around her. Verse 32, He will be great and will be called the Son of God of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom is never going to end. Now, there's a lot said right there. That's enough. There could have been a whole lot more said. When you read on, you find out what happened in the next three, you know, the, the next 33 years, what, especially in the last few years of Jesus' life, you find out that a lot of stuff could have been told, but the Holy Spirit stops at this point. I'm figuring it's because Mary's at her limit. I mean, don't you think she's heard enough already? We have a limit, and the Lord knows how much you can handle at a time. I believe that. And um, so I, for whatever reason, a lot more good stuff was coming, some more hard stuff, but a lot of good stuff is coming. But the Holy Spirit held off at that point in terms of communicating through this angel and uh, says, okay. She says, verse 34, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. Okay, I don't know if she's doubting here or if she is okay with it, but she needs some clarification. It, the word doesn't tell us whether there was, I think either reaction would have been okay to God. Do you realize that if the Lord is telling you and nudging you somewhere and you have doubts, that's okay with God? You realize that? He takes you with your doubts and all. It's all acceptable to the Lord. And he'll help you with your doubts. Or he'll help you with your understanding. Whatever it is that you, wherever you get to him, that's fine with God. Verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and with the power of the Most High overshadow you so the Holy One will be born will be called the Son of God. Then God, he goes on now and he cites his proof for how this is going to happen. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. You probably have a list of the things that you believe God would never do in your life or could never do in your life. Scripture tells us there's nothing impossible with God. I tell people that when they're facing the most difficult things. And it's not because I want to womp them up. But faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. And there it is. Nothing is impossible. (laughs) What do you think is impossible? I've had things going wrong in my life, falling down around my heart and my ears. And I'm thinking, okay, this is it. I'm I'm at the dead end. There is no solution here. And I have, have... been confronted with the truth of this. The Lord would say, nothing is impossible. 
Do you have an impossible need? Do you have an impossibly broken heart? Somebody somewhere has done something to you and you will never go back there again. You feel so violated, dishonored, and you've said, this can never get fixed. I want to tell you that the Holy Spirit, that the Lord can fix it. You may not fix it in the time, in the manner, in the way you think, but nothing is impossible. Have you heard something from a doctor? Have you had a pink slip on a Friday that you didn't know was coming? Have you found out something about your children that just breaks your heart and you would never want that for them? And you need the Lord. Nothing is impossible. Let's take 30 seconds. I want to pray again. You just quietly hold before the Lord your impossible thing. Any, it doesn't have to be impossible. Anything you need. Lord, you hear these requests. We've come to you. We've come seeking after you just like wise men did thousands of years ago. We've come seeking you, Lord. But instead of with gifts, we come to you with faith and a request. Lord, be the God that lives up to your own word. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. For nothing is impossible with God. Verse 38. I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. That is one of the most profound statements in the entire scripture. Because here's this woman who has been told some wonderful news that will tremendously challenge her. It has tremendously put her on a different course than she had planned. She's betrothed. She's got her plans for getting married. She knows her life's going to unfold. The angel shows up and says, not like that. I got a different course for you. It's grand. It's going to be hard. But it's my plans for you. And she says, I'm at a Y in the road. I can ignore all this and go my own way or I'll go with... And she says, may it be unto me, as you have said. Way to go, Mary. You and I get to wise just like that. And something of faith rises up and there's this struggle that goes on. I encourage you to listen to the Lord. And Scripture says... Then the angel left her. I mentioned before how, um, how the Holy Spirit stopped because maybe Mary was on her limit. I've been thinking about what it was that he could have told her. He could have been saying a whole lot of things to her that maybe cir- would have circulated in her heart. They would have been incredible things to her. Incredible. Hard to believe kinds of things. He might have said to her, you're going to hold this baby, but someday the baby's going to grow up, and that baby's going to walk on water. You're going to hold this baby, and you're going to hold this, this baby up to your face, and you're going to kiss this baby. And you're going to be thinking you're kissing your son Jesus, but you're not. You're going to be kissing the face of God, the face of God. He could have said to her, your little baby's pretty, he's going to be pretty weak and helpless, but someday he's going to put his hands on a blind man's eyes and they're going to open. People who don't walk are going to get up and walk. People who can't hear will hear. People who can't speak are all of a sudden going to be healed. Lepers are going to be made whole. People whose hearts are broken will be made healthy again. One day, This little baby will rule the nations. 
Because you know something going on here, Mary. You cradle inside your body and someday in your arms the very power of God. I think that would have been over the limit for her. She'd already had enough. But all of those things could have been said. What kinds of things has the Lord not said to you yet because you haven't heard already? And I want to encourage you to start thinking about what are the good things the Lord wants to say to you this Christmas day. This Christmas season, what is it that the Holy Spirit would want to encourage you in, lead you out of, bless you with, You might be saying to yourself, yeah, okay, that sounds really good, Terry, but you don't know me. You don't know the kind of mistakes I've made, you know, kind of the things I've done wrong. You don't know the, my circumstances and all the problems. I'm so far, far from God, I don't see a way that that could ever happen. How could I possibly do anything to get one bit closer to God? And I tell you that that begins by listening to what the Holy Spirit might be saying to you today. That's the first step. And that's, that first step is everything. I, um, I asked for a friend, Melissa, to bring her little baby cruise. We're going to do a song. <laughs> and, um, whoops. And uh, so we're going to have a mama with a very young baby sitting up here. We're going to do a song for you to, to listen to. Thanks, Melissa. Okay, so here's the picture. I was supposed to make sure you didn't fall when you stepped up here. Way to go. So here's the picture. We're going to do this song, and this song is about Mary and what's going on and circulating in her heart as she holds her baby Jesus. And you could just listen to the song and hear the words, and it'll touch you because it's beautiful and it's going to be well done. But you can go beyond that too. You can do, take all of that in, but at the same time, you can be asking the question, what might the Holy Spirit be wanting to say to you? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? 